Welcome to episode five of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, for this week's guest, I have the liveliest member of the league, a man who is a former two-time champion of the League of Legends and one of the four horsemen of the Rumblocalypse, Jack Francis. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Hello, Kamish. Thank you for having me along. It's absolutely wonderful to be here this evening and I'm sorry it's taken so long to get here um, it feels like I've been chomping at the bit to get on this pod for a few weeks now so I'm, I'm pleased the week's finally come around and that yeah we can get to it well I'm, I'm hoping I can have you this week uh Valen next week and there and then the, the invisible man Steve the following week and just a real back-to-back run of rumblers to really just uh really upset the league oh yeah oh yeah is, is this going to be a video one with Steve because I mean I felt like that would uh not be okay if you actually saw him or he saw you. No, no we can't have, can't have video, it's audio only. Audio only. And then we'll play it back and it'll just be a recording of me talking to myself. <laughs> just disappears, just clears himself from the pod somehow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when you two find me. I'm looking forward to it. I want him as, um, you might not remember this because you guys are a bit younger than me, but I want him as like the Jerry Adams, Sinn Féin silhouette and uh, voiceover from the, from the 1980s TV. I don't. I don't know the reference, but I'm going that's to laugh at it. That's a reference that Rawlings and Baker will definitely get. Well, maybe not Rawlings, but ba- Baker will. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, mate. This week we are going to cover our usual content. So we'll do some fantasy headlines. We'll do a breakdown of the week's matchups. I'm going to skip over the prediction tracker this week because I think it probably gets a little bit old after doing it like four or five weeks in a row. I'll check on in on it kind of mid-season and towards the end of the season see how my projections are going on. Uh, and then we'll jump into next week's matchup. And then, uh, of course, we've got to do some interview content with you. And we've got some pretty good stuff lined up for that, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yes. all right yeah, cool mate cool cool right so fantasy headlines for this week so first up i've got gino smith um as a headline quarterback five on the season and obviously posing the question was russ the problem in seattle wow it's double-headed question that's why that absolutely but wow <laughs> i mean gino yeah we'll come to russ in a minute because i'm sure we're gonna yeah. have an absolute joy in dissecting what's going on there um, but yeah, Gino is really exciting to watch right now. And I mean, the Seahawks are an exciting game. So the matches you want to watch, even more so than the matches the Seahawks were involved in at the end of last year. Um, it's exciting. And I, the thing I like the most is that kind of your, your, your Lockets and DK Metcalfs were kind of disappearing a little bit, but they're becoming relevant again. He, he's elevating those guys around him. And um, yeah, Gino, it's great to see. I, I looked him up early and I can't believe he's been in the league since 2013. Yeah, I, I I remember watching the draft night when he got drafted and he obviously ended up slipping to the second round and there were just all these shots of him sat in the green room looking like he wanted to kill himself. Um, and obviously he had a really tough start to his his career in, in New York uh, and then he gets like sparked out by an offensive lineman at his second team. So, you know, clearly the guys like rubbed a few people up the wrong way, but everything you read about him now, he seems like a bit of a model teammate, like donates his game checks to charity and stuff like that, like almost the opposite of what Russ was in Seattle. Like they all seem yeah. to hate Russ, but everyone seems to love Gino. It's a great yeah. redemption story, isn't it? It's is really fantastic to see. Like, so you've got to go back a few years to actually find any relevant stats on him and what he's been doing. He's just been bench warming for so long, but now he's finally given it a second chance and he's grabs it with both hands and he's going for it. And he, he's doing it without any defense. He's doing it without much of a run game. He, he's, it's really impressive. And he's finding ways to win. Um, 
almost on his own in that Seahawks team, which is it's great to see. I'm, I'm really pleased for him, and it shines a light on Russ even more. So. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I think some of the stats I saw. So, uh, first of all, the Seahawks is currently the number one rated offense by DVOA. Um, which is mental. Like when you think about the Seahawks, oh, you wow. never think number one offense. Um, no. But he's got a 75.2 completion rate. And then there's like some crazy, you know, analytics stat, which is that his adjusted completion rating, which apparently takes into account like, his air yards where he's absolutely heaving it, is something like 81.3, which is the highest they have on record since they started charting it. Um, <laughs> the, the second best was like a, a Drew Brees season. And Drew Brees is obviously deadly accurate. So, yeah. Amazing stats so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see, and also now he's fantasy relevant as well. I mean, he, I'm not I sure know. how many of us have actually got him if he's picked up currently in the league, but um, I, I picked him up this week. You got him, yeah, 55 yeah. points over the last two games. He, he's he's relevant certainly in that that flex spot. Um, getting him in and moving forward, he's going to be useful come those bye weeks. So, yeah, yeah. good for absolutely. Gino. Good for Gino, and and who knows how long it will last. But uh, and you know, as somebody who is a, an avowed hater of the Seahawks, even I can't sort of uh, hate this one too much. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see now they're starting to like bring Kenneth Walker into the offense as yeah. well. So yeah, you know, interesting. Pete Carroll's always going to want to go back to that run game, and he's he born and bred with that run game. He always wants to mince it as much as possible. So uh, yeah, Gino can yeah. keep Pete at bay. Then happy days, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> Something else that we love to see, you and I personally, oh. just love oh. to see. We love to see Russ Cook, right? Oh, don't we? Don't we just? Let's ride. Let's ride, honestly. It's, uh, I, you guys know I hate the Broncos. Anyway. I, don't, I don't need to tell that to anyone. But yeah, there was so much stuff over the summer, which just got my back up with, uh, here's Derek Carr, the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West, which I'm not arguing with, but it's probably true. And yeah, there's some great quarterbacks, but... Now, Ross has just come out and just absolutely shut the bed. And it is <laughs> absolutely brilliant to see. And it's only getting worse. <laughs> yeah. My. He's, he's such an irritating personality, isn't he? All that kind of Mr. Unlimited stuff. And just like, it just seems weird. No one likes him. Um, all the random stuff, like he's got like a, a, a basketball court in his house, but it's not big enough to even have a three-point line. It's just like, it's just a weird individual, um, but you've never been able to kind of say too much because he was amazing. Well, now he's yeah. crap, and uh, and I am absolutely loving it. I'm here for the show, absolutely. And the, the weirdness is just the, the biggest thing this week that got me was I watched the press conference from the game they lost, and he didn't quite know how to finish the, the, the conference off. And I don't know if anyone saw this, but he um he just goes with Broncos country. And then he kind of just leaves the stage and you just hear him murmur, that's rad. <laughs> it, was like, it was just so out of tone. It was so weird. And it was like, what is this guy doing? Uh, he's mental. So again, like I touched on some of the Geno stats. So Russ is currently a bottom six overall uh, passer on passer rating. But what really stood out to me is that despite the fact that the Broncos have got a top 10 line and all the advanced metrics are showing that this season, he is in the bottom three of passes under for play action uh, and with a clean pocket. So basically give the guy a clean pocket or spin him out on a bootleg and give him loads of time and he's even worse. I mean, what what is that about? Like It's like the anti-Baker anti Mayfield who, you know, can only run a bootleg. Yeah. And this, I was trying to think, I was like, what has happened to Russell? Where, where, where has the decline come from? And my point of view was that with a lot of QBs that come into the league, he was so dynamic when he first came in and he kind of lent on that running game. And that was, you knew he was going to escape from the pocket and get that first down. 
that's gone from his game entirely. He he wants to be that pocket passer. Clearly, he's not the pocket passer with those stats. He's not getting it done through the air. He won't do it on the ground anymore. He's he's not dynamic. And yeah, the Broncos have given him 165 million pounds guaranteed. Yeah, they is... can't they can't get out of that deal. It's um, it's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, long may continue. Um, yeah, absolutely. On the ground yet so far this season, he's not breaking 20 points in fantasy each week. Awful, absolutely awful. The Raiders beat him, and the Raiders suck. So, <laughs> uh, right, moving on, mate. Um, moving to more positive headlines than uh, than Russ's uh, decline is I would say that this was the week of the big name running back. So, you had uh, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, the Rumbler, our boy. Uh, Nick oh, yeah. Chubb and Leonard Fournette all go in for massive amounts of points. So these guys who in redraft leagues go in like in the first round or early second, been quiet all season, but this week was just an absolute um, running back feast. I loved it. It really was. It was a great comeback for a lot of those names. Like you say, they've kind of been muddling along through the first few weeks, not really putting up those big scores, your Eckler's, your Dalvin Cooks, etc. And now suddenly they're blowing up and they're putting up those big numbers that you expected to see when you drafted them. Absolutely fantastic. Just one name you obviously missed off their spike that I just want to throw into the mix. Running back is Taysom Hill. We also got some fantastic numbers from the running back position this uh, this past week. But, yeah, but I will come to that in a minute. Well, I forgot your boy Josh Jacobs, obviously, but uh, he, he, it's just he wasn't getting drafted that early because the, the hate was out on him. But yeah, certainly those guys who were, who were all kind of... Uh, Big, big names. Um, I, obviously, we always love to see the Rumbler going well, and the last three weeks have been, um, you know, really, really good for us keeping the faith with 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 our guy. Absolutely. Was there snow in Vermont this week? I, I didn't check. I know the week before there was no no snow, and he went off. But Do you know, I did. I didn't check. We need to rely on our uh, resident meteorologist, Steve, for that. So uh, we'll yeah. check him. We'll check in with him. Steve, the invisible man. Why? <laughs> Uh, next headline, you've already mentioned it, so loving the segues already, mate. Uh, the, the the Taysom Hill week. Wow. Again, we'll come to it later on, but uh, I was only through looking at matchups earlier, and uh, I come to Ballins, and I was like, where did they score their points this week? And it was only scrolling down. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing down here? Yeah, um, well done. Yeah, I mean... Stats this season, Go on, carry on. What, what can you say? 100 rushing yards, three touchdowns, one passing touch touchdown, and uh, and recovered a fumble. It's, I, I believe that those the regard regardless of the recovered fumble, right? Is only one of um, three players in the last thirty years to do the hundred rushing, three touchdowns, and a passing touchdown. Uh, and you know, he really shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath as Ronnie Brown and Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> but that's that's who he's keeping company with. Yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few points I wanted to talk about here is that obviously he's, he's listed as a tight end. Fantastic if you pick someone at tight end, but he's clearly uh, not playing that role a lot of the time. It must be a headache for fantasy providers to, to, to find Taysom Hill and actually um, where he plays. If you've got him at tight end, fantastic, because we know it's an absolute clusterfuck of a position and uh, <laughs> nobody knows where to pick up. So if you've got Taysom, happy days. The second thing is a lot of the plays he's in on, you know what's coming. <laughs> There's a yeah. hundred offensive linemen out there. There's a fullback in, and he's receiving the shotgun, and he's going to run left or right. They know what's coming. Admittedly, they were playing the Seahawks, but they couldn't stop him. No. 
Uh, Seahawks are giving up massive performances in back-to-back weeks from Hawkinson and uh, the tight end, as you said, Taysom Hill. Um, but yeah, you, you must know what's coming. Like they, they occasionally split Andy Dalton out wide. No one's throwing Andy Dalton a pass. No, it makes it even more impressive. It's like, I suppose, when the defenders stack the box and running backs can still, still get it done, you've got a lot more admiration for them. So, uh, yeah, yeah as, as long as Taysom Hill keeps getting it done, then I, I'm safely say I'm, uh, I'm impressed. They need to create a new position for him. Do you remember, like, there was a, there was a guy in the draft, I can't remember how many years ago, eight or nine years ago, a guy called, I think it was Denard Robinson, and they wanted to call him yeah. the offensive weapon. Um, problem was, he was shit. Um, but Taysom Hill is effectively that, isn't he? He's the offensive weapon. They can just yeah. put him in into various packages and, and he just gets the job done. Absolutely, yeah. He's that hybrid player, isn't he? You can put him anywhere. And it seems to have been happening on defence for a number of years in the NFL now. You've got the, sort of these hybrid linebacker safety types, linemen, um, but the offence is kind of very fixed and rigid. But as we're seeing more and more with Taysom Hill um, and, and other players in the league, um, it's obviously an evolving situation. We are going to have players playing more positions. Yeah, a bit like, I guess Debo is a comparison, isn't he? Playing that wide receiver running back role. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to get complex when you get to the pay structures and the contracts. But yeah, it's it's certainly an evolving pitch. It's going to happen more. Yeah. Um, Final headline from my perspective is uh, what the hell is going on with the Rams offense? Um, So obviously Stafford's carrying an injury. We knew that going into the season. They were saying it's not going to be a problem. Looks like it's a problem. but as well as Stafford being bad, that run game is just horrible. Um, I think I think you can attribute a little bit of Acres um, to the nasty injury he got, but I, he just he, the, I, I saw quite a lot of stuff saying his vision is just horrendous. He's just running into his linemen, um, and he looks kind of really skittish behind the line. I don't know if that is from the injury, but um, he looks bad. And then even Darrell Henderson, who's looked decent in the past looks bad so I know Kyle is desperately trying to offload Cam Akers to pretty much every league member at the moment but I don't think anyone's biting and uh, I'm pretty sure they're not going to bite after this so yeah I I just don't know what's going on with the Rams we need to see that production Kyle baby he's not getting rid of him until we see that production and it's it's not happening so far it's it's a strange situation there it's um like you say Stafford just seems to be a bit one-dimensional. They've not got the run game. Um, he's averaging like 40 passes a game at the moment, which is just absolutely insane. Um, Cooper Cup remains fantasy relevant because of the amount of passes he's shoving down his throat, which is great for any owners. But again, it just comes back to anyone facing the Rams. They're not going to run on you. Stafford's going to pass a million times. You're going to drop into coverage and they're not going to score, which they're not doing. I think what's it? Uh, four times this season, they scored 12 points or less. This That's is your reigning... Super Bowl champions, 12 points or less. This is miserable. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, we, we can clearly see what's going wrong, but how they fix it. Um, I guess it starts with playing the Panthers this week. It's always a good way to fix it. <laughs> yeah, although, although sometimes you get that get that team that's just uh, fired their coach and the players, you know, sort of rally around a little bit. I can't really mm-hmm. see it with PJ Walker behind centre, but uh, you never know. The Rams have been absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's interesting to see both the Rams and obviously the Bengals, the, the premier teams last year in that Super Bowl, just come, kind of come out sputtering a bit this year. They've not really hit the form that got them there last year. And um, yeah, not really showing much signs of promise, despite having arguably as good as, if not a little stronger rosters. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see earlier that Odell's obviously training again and, and looking to join the team soon. So 
maybe that's the answer. I mean, that seems nailed on, doesn't it? That he's going to go back to the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a good fit all round, and if that provides the spark they need, then yeah, yeah. Especially since it's not good as it's like. Well, Alan Robinson looks like a corpse. So. Mm. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> right, mate. Um, any other headlines you wanted to pick up on this week? No, I think we've um, done some great headlines there. I think we haven't got anything else to discuss on that front. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's roll on. All right, mate. Let's move on to review of this week's matchups. So I'll uh, I'll lead off first with uh, with my matchup versus Jake. Um, it was a bloody beatdown, um, 148 to 234. Um, Jake's level of smugness in one of the chats I'm in is elite level. Um, he is very very happy with himself this week. Okay. And do you know what? He should be. He absolutely should be. He is. He, he's murdered me this week. I had. Massive underperformances at wide receiver and tight end injuries. Um, but, you know, frankly, Jake just uh, just put me in a coffin and buried me. Was Gabe the Undertaker da- theme too many years? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, Gabe Davis week. Um, <laughs> that, that first pass to Gabe Davis was just insane. Um, to, for, mm-hmm. for them to, like, muff, muff the kickoff or muff the punt and then, you know, basically just bombs away 98 yards, Gabe Davis to the house. What a way to start the game for them. He's going to be a bit boom bust. Um, I think, you know, he only caught three passes in total, but it was for like 174 yards. That That's, I think, going to be the Gabe Davis experience. Uh, a little bit of a Deshaun Jackson vibe there. Um, but he, he's a fun player to root for. Uh, he had a big performance from the Rumbler. 28 carries this week. So he is back to elite Rumbler volume uh, in that ball control offense. Tannehill threw the ball something like 14 times. It was ludicrous. Uh, so that bodes well for Jake, but of course it also bodes well for the Rumbler betting community. Oh yeah, um, you know. So yeah, we won't we won't be too upset about that. From my perspective, looking at my team, um, Kyler Murray. What the hell is going on with Kyler Murray? He's got good. He's like the QB five in the least convincing fashion he could ever possibly be the QB five. He's QB five. I did not realize that. All I can think about right now is, did you see that green suit you locked up in from the pregame? Oh, it's mad, wasn't it? Oh, shit, I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, yeah he just, fantastic. He just, just, ever seen. It just looks so uncomfortable. And then, obviously, Cliff Kings re-signed a six-year deal in the summer. Mm. Like, they do not look like they want to hang on to Cliff Kingsbury for six years. But we'll see, I guess. Another team has signed their life away. <laughs> Absolutely. Any other thoughts on on my matchup with Jake, mate? Uh, no, not really, mate. Those other than commiserations. Thank you, thank you. I I, I get a get right week against Steve this week, but uh, having already looked at the projections, I am worried that I'm going to be Steve's Ooh. first victim. So we'll, we'll leave that for later. That's called a tease in the business, guys. Right, moving on. Um, Ed versus Franco. Take it away, mate. Yeah, so. <laughs> Got it done, as your projections rightly pointed out last week. I had some nice matchups this week, which um, got me over the line. The matchup itself was a bit of a damp squib, to be perfectly honest. I don't think mine or Ed's team really lived up to the billing. We didn't get close to our projected points, which was a bit of a shame. Um, just, just to point out quickly, the non-quarterbacks flex positions for this matchup were absolutely horrendous. Six players posted a combined 39 points. That's less than Taysom Hill alone, as we know. So, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't pretty for me or Ed. 
Um, but on the matchups generally, other than Ed Superstars, Kelsey and Cooper Cup, uh, his team didn't really get going. The rest of them putting up pretty standard mediocre sort of points, 10, 12. Um, what did kill Ed was his two starting running backs who posted less than 10 points. Damn, Ed. <laughs> Come on, let's have a matchup, son. What was that all about? And you have Mosa on the bench with 22 points. So, um, yeah, safe to say maybe you deserve to lose that one. Well, and, and I'm pretty sure that we said in last week's podcast when me and Rawlings were talking about it, like surely he's going to start Mostert, who's been really good for the Dolphins and Chase Edmonds looks looks bad. So surely he's going to start Mostert this week, but obviously decided uh, decided he didn't want to win um, and instead uh, started some some other absolute um, turds in his flex position. Yeah. Like his Which boy Devin Singletary. Whether Ed even listens to this podcast, because it's a right this I've heard a number of weeks say you guys absolutely say it in his quarterbacks. And if he wants to make a run of it this year, he needs to go out and get someone. And yet here he is again, starting Stafford. Stafford stinking the place up, and he's still not gone out and got anyone. Prescott's on his bench. I, I don't know. What's the play, Ed? Are you, are you waiting for Prescott to return? Is is that the answer? I don't know. It, it seems he, a bit strange. Keeps leaving Marcus on his bench and he keeps out scoring his quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Ed could have made a bit more of a matchup, uh, but there we go. I was happy to say the win there. Um, from yeah. my point of view, um, my trio of um, Hertz, Cook, Mika Parsons really got it done, putting up some big numbers for me this week, um, which helped me get over the line. Jamar Chase continues to underwhelm and be a bit of a concern for me there. More and more beginning to look like a bit of a bust for that number or number one overall pick there, which is um, worrying. Um I think they've just got to find different ways of getting him the ball. Like so, some of the stuff that really worked last season, those kind of like screen passes and, and you know, letting him really cook after the catch. It just just isn't working this year. Like defenders have kind of clued into that and they're yeah. sort of giving him a bit of deep coverage. Um, so it, it's just kind of not working. I think they've got to be a bit more intelligent on how they scheme up. It has freed up room for T Higgins, so they've been okay. But I mean, that guy is like, is so amazing and they're just not yeah. putting him in the right positions i don't think no and they've got the ability like you say with t higgins to spread the field around they've got other good players around there they're not just they will double him but they're going to go even elsewhere so eventually he's going to get his opportunities again but um so yeah. far no good um our tight end watch obviously i know every week we like to pick holes in my tight end so um i was beginning to think that hayden hurst might be my answer and he was dragging me out of the pit of tight end doom which was looking good and he got me a few points and then Along comes Gerald Everett and posts a 0.2 scoreline for me, which dumps me straight back into a tight end hell, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I can't see a way out of that one at the moment, apart from trading for some big names. Hopefully just a bad week, because Everett's actually been been pretty decent up until this week. But yeah, it was a rough week for him. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the only other thing was obviously last week, was, I've got Ezekiel Elliott I've been rolling with, and he's been doing not a lot, so I've benched him this week. And that, he's part of one of his better stat lines, still not incredible, but it's, it's around that 10-point mark. So uh, it didn't pay off for Chase Edmonds. <laughs> so now I've got a bit of a headache on who I pull back in. But uh, yeah, thanks, Zeke, for that. I think um, the only other thing, I you kind of noted it already, Ed's slide up those running backs. Like uh, James Robinson now is kind of, you know, dropping off. He's basically averaging less than fifty percent of the snaps at the moment for uh, for Jacksonville. Um, and whilst he was getting it done when he was getting the touchdowns, if if he's not getting those touchdown runs, you know, and Jags are struggling a little bit, then you know, I, I think he's going to struggle to score points. And uh, now, Jesus Christ Almighty, he is <laughs> so bad, isn't he? I mean, 
that was not pretty sight all round for Steelers fans, was it? Nah, nah, I would have been pretty upset if I was a Steelers fan. Um, so yeah, but better days ahead for Ed, but um, I do think his his quarterback weaknesses and now his growing running back weaknesses could be could be an issue for him as he starts to make a run. Yeah, he certainly doesn't look like a prime candidate to win it at this stage. Sorry, Ed. It was a big week the week before, but uh, <laughs> take the L. Let's move on. Nice, mate. Nice. Right. So uh, moving on, we've got Steve versus Kyle. I think I'm taking the lead on this one, unless I am incorrect. So uh, 134 versus 174, um, you know, a kind of score as expected, uh, not a massively big scoring game. Um Looking at kind of Steve's choices, starting Naeem Hines, I know he got absolutely knocked the fuck out, um, but starting him when he had ETN and Pollard available on his bench is a curious choice uh, in, mm-hmm. in in my view. And he's, he's just not getting the sort of performances that you would want from Elijah Moore, uh, Joe Mixon, Mike Gasicki. Um, good to see some decent performances now from DK, but um, the Steve's lineup is is really not producing at the level he expected it to at the start of the season. Uh, no, Kyle I got to agree. I had a look through and saw Na- Naeem Hines in there, and uh, I mean, as soon as you see that, you know it's it's game <laughs> over, unfortunately. It, particularly before the bye weeks, right? You know, you, if you're in a tough bye week, you can plug Naeem Hines in, but um, yeah, <laughs> le- leaving other players on the bench for Naeem Hines is 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 when you've really uh, overthought it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kyle got the Kamara performance he'd been hoping for all season. He, he looked a lot better this week. Um, he actually looked fairly, fairly dynamic again, made some good catches. Um, so that that's really good to see from a player that I think we've all absolutely loved watching over the years, you know, hoping that he, he's not totally done. Um, and then Marquis Brown was the other highlight for me. So I, I have tended to think that Marquise Brown is not a particularly good wide receiver throughout his career so far. Um, but this season, he just looks different. He looks stronger. Um, he doesn't look like he's just getting kind of like brushed off the ball. He doesn't just look like a deep threat guy. He's getting a lot of volume. Um, I don't mm. know how his um, how his performances are going to change once New Hopkins comes back because yeah. Hopkins will move over to the left. That's been the position he's played his entire career. So, you know, does... Um, does Hollywood go into the slot or does he kind of move over to the right and play over there instead of AJ Green? I, I, I don't really know. You can imagine that there'll be a bit of a drop-off, but he's been a bit of a surprise package for me this season. Yeah, it's, that's going to be exciting to see because you, you think back on his career and even when he was in Baltimore, he was the wide receiver one. Yeah, he had some very fast guys opposite him, but he was taking a lot of that the attention from the defence and he's obviously continued to do that so far early in the season but new coming back like you say it could be a an interesting proposition for him it could um, really elevate his game um, with a lot of attention being taken off him and that speed he possesses and um, of course they're getting Rondell Moore back now and if Rondell can kick on from where he was last season it's only going to take a few more targets away so it could be exciting yeah absolutely and then uh, the last thing uh, Josh Jacobs um, I'll let you talk about Josh Jacobs as our resident Raiders fan for a moment. Yeah, um, it's exciting to see. I'll, I'll speak a bit more about the Raiders later, but I mean, I think they're still struggling to find their identity. But I think Josh Jacobs absolutely has to be a part of that. The guy's a fantastic traditional running back. He's he's a downhill runner. He gets it done. He's producing some fantastic scorelines. Um, probably the upsetting thing for me as a Raiders fan is they obviously didn't take up his fifth-year um, option. Yeah. Um, so we're going to pay him at the end of the year. It's going to be slightly more now. Um, he's obviously a running back. They don't demand a, a 
massive ton of cash. Um, for me, it was a player the Raiders probably should have secured and got settled down. He, he looks like a good player. And as you spoke about last week, he's very young. He's got a lot of years left in him. Yeah, absolutely. So, Steve, sell, sell, sell. I know, I know, I know a man who might be after a running back. <laughs> he should be. Okay, moving on. Uh, last matchup, and we got Valen versus the Ballings combination. Uh, over to you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Julian Evans get it done on the back of their old-ass Tampa trio, by the looks of it. Fournette, Evans and Brady putting up a, a tasty 55 points for the Ballings combo, which was good to see. Um, in reality, it was Josh Allen and Taysom Hill that did the heavy lifting for the boys, picking up a, a nice 86 points. Um, so, fair play for them. Um I think the great thing for Ballins is looking down at that lineup last week, they had some big points left on the bench as well. So there's some nice options moving forward for them. Um, the biggest upset for them, obviously, is Rashad Penny and Damien Harris picking up injuries, um, two of their better running backs on their team. Um, they did have options on the bench where they can bring in, but that's probably a, a bit of a downside. But yeah, their team's looking pretty tasty moving forward. Seems to be uh, peaking quite nicely now. Yeah, looking really, really good. Uh, Valen, I, I think a little bit unlucky this week. He, he put up a good score, got the Murchison bonus, um, but it just it just wasn't enough against that massive, massive ball in score. Um, he's got you know back to back encouraging performances from from Austin Eckler, who we were worried about at the start of the season. They seem to be really leaning on him whilst Herbert recovers from that um, rib cartilage injury yeah. he's got, and whilst Keenan Allen's out. Uh, don't know if that will change anything, but um, he is very, very productive considering he's still playing less than 60% of the snaps. Um, I, I yeah. saw this week Joshua Kelly got picked up in a few leagues and potentially in this one as well. I can't remember. Um, he's he's getting 10 touches a game as well. So, you know, Chargers running game looking looking pretty bloody good at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and God damn him, Val continues to be haunted by the fantasy ghosts. As we all know, he's he once again part of a respectable score that would have beat a lot of other teams in the league. But unfortunately, he's just met with a better matchup. Um, got that nice little merchant bonus, which is good. Um, his studs did turn up, as you've mentioned. I won't go over that again. But we must we must mention, whoop, 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 donut alert. T Higgins posting a tasty little donut for Val last week, which is uh, always good to see. And he's also riding with Russell Wilson. That, I mean that, see how that. He's clearly not listening to the podcast. Clearly not. A dishonourable team. Let's ride. <laughs> do you reckon? Um, do you reckon there's a chance that CMC gets moved now that Matt Rule's been fired and the the Panthers are tanking for one of these uh, one of these elite QBs that's coming into the draft? Uh, yeah, I would. Um, looking at his performance over the last few seasons, and obviously the big injury concerns there, um, I'd be looking to offload him. Um, hopefully picks up a few good games and uh, get him out of the door. Take what you can from him. I don't think his production will ever peak as high as it did in his first couple of seasons. No, apparently the Panthers um, had an offer on the table from the Bills just before the draft for McCaffrey. So it'd be interesting wow. to see whether they can revitalise that. But, you know, they've got James Cook now, who's, who's you know, not nowhere near as good as CMC, but it's not going to cost you the money that CMC is. But bloody hell, if you plug CMC into that, um, Bill's backfield would be terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just thinking they're going for broke like the Rams last season. You put them in there. So, yeah, they don't need any more help. They definitely don't. Okay, moving on to looking ahead to next week's matchups. So, first matchup, uh, me versus Steve. Um, real bottom feeder matchup, this one, to be perfectly honest, given my performances over, over a few weeks here. Um, 
is it going to be a get right week for my guys or am I looking down the barrel of a really embarrassing loss? Sorry, Steve, um, but you're 0-10, mate. Uh, if I lose to you, I will be very upset and I may not even come to bum's wedding. Um, <clears throat> currently, Steve is projected to win 197 to 190. Uh, so oh, that's true. not looking good for me, is it? I've got some some pretty big injury and bye week issues. Uh, for me, key to the game is going to be getting enough wide receiver production from Deontay, AJB and Jalen Waddle. Uh, given that uh, Tua and Teddy are both out for the Dolphins, getting production from Waddle does not seem great right now. Um, Steve's getting a bit of a bump here as well. So he's getting Kenny Walker into his lineup and obviously he's already got Melvin. Neither of those guys were starters and now they're suddenly starting running back. So uh, I'm on the ropes. Um, he might get his first win this week. And um, that's the end of the podcast, uh, if it happens. Steve <laughs> <laughs> takes over from next week, if that is the case. <laughs> I might have to get him on to interview if I if I lose to him. Otherwise, uh, there'll be all manner of chat about collusion and kind of, you know, burying the lead and all sorts of stuff. So Let him host. Honestly, get him on, let him host. <laughs> there it is. Get the win. Host the pod. Stick you- it to the commission. Yeah, new dad Steve is hosting the podcast this week. I think everybody would love to see that, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Make sure it's a live stream as well. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okay. Uh, so jumping ahead then um, onto the next matchup. So uh, we've got Ed versus Valen. Are you taking this one or am I? I can't remember. I think it's I me, think, isn't I it? I hope you are. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly haven't got All right. <laughs> It just shows my uh, my level of podcast host coordination here that, uh, you know, I, I've, I've already made a mistake. Right. Um, so looking at the uh, projection, so we've got Ed with 223 and Valen with 231. Nobody's uh, underperformed in the way that Valen has this season. Um, I was doing a few statistics earlier on and he has underperformed his uh, his projections by more than anyone else in the league this season. So um, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, the keys for Ed, if he's... Uh... Sorry, mate. It's, I'd say I'd like to say I'm surprised, but it, this is Valor. The, the worst I... bit is he's underperformed and probably spent the most time thinking about it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to get a soundboard, don't I? We need a, we need a soundboard for the Valen curse. Yeah. <laughs> some some sort of like podcast. lightning. <laughs> Side podcast. The haunted Valen curse. <laughs> Uh, Keys for Ed will be getting some production from uh, J-Rob and Najee. We talked about earlier their performances. If he can get some performances from them, uh, he's got a chance. But if he doesn't, he's probably losing um, without them doing at least 15 points each, I reckon. Um, They are both facing tough defences this week. So I'm not hopeful for Ed's lineup there. Uh, Valen's team suddenly looking good again. Um, Eckler. If he can keep it up versus a tough Broncos uh, defensive line, then I think Valen probably takes this week. Yeah, I'm sure Ed will listen to this podcast and heed all the advice that's been given and uh, alter his lineup slightly so it's a better matchup. We should start dropping some little hints in there just to check whether Ed is actually listening or not. Mm. We know Jack Pike is. That's what's important here. The interesting thing is Ed, Ed and Jack Pike are actually working out right now. I know this because I was going to go and join them, but uh, this is far more important. So. Hey, shout out yeah, to Jack Pike. Maybe they listen to the pod. <laughs> Together. One headphone each. <laughs> Next matchup is yourself uh, against the Ballings combo. Uh, looks like the projection is for those guys to win uh, 223 to 180. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? 
Yeah, I think the Borderlands guys might have my number this week. Uh, they've got a tasty quarterback matchup incoming, Hertz versus Allen. Um, but generally across the board, they've got some tasty matchups, especially in the, the top half of their, their team. Um, some favorable matchups there, which I'm sure will reap a number of awards. Um, they do have some injury concerns and not a massive amount of depth on their bench, uh, which might be a, a bit of a point of concern for them. But generally, they're um, yeah, they're looking good this week. Uh, for me, I'd like to get Keenan back, but uh, yeah, there is a bit of an issue with the, the late game um, and not wanting to risk that. So we'll see. Good luck to the boys. Yeah, they obviously suck it, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they're going to have to um, elevate. Uh, George Pickens off their taxi squad at some point. It's like you said, they've they've picked up a few injuries. They're looking a little bit thin, and uh, and having a guy like that who's who's getting a decent amount of targets just sat there doing nothing. I probably isn't probably isn't going to be sustainable for them headed into all these bye weeks. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Things are looking good for those guys. So we'll see. Uh, last matchup then is Jake versus Kyle. Uh, it was a little bit hard to project this one initially because Kyle had three empty spots in his in his. Uh, starting roster, clearly trying to psych Jake out, but he, he's fixed that now. I think the projection is uh, 216 to 197. Uh, two very, very good teams. Um, to be honest, the Rumbler being on a bye could be a tough one for Jake because he's going to have to start JT, who, as we have already said, is a bust. Um, and I really wouldn't want to be starting him with confidence right now. Yeah, 100%. The, the running back matchup in this one is pretty disgusting uh, between the four of them. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, and uh, Alvin Kamara. So, yeah, <laughs> I think Jake Edge is a, obviously is a little bit of a favourite at the moment. And that'll probably uh, remain. But, yeah, they've got some nice depth on the, on the old flex position. So. Yeah, it's hard, hard not to project Jake winning at the moment. His team's looking very, very strong. Absolutely is. Well done, Jake. Well done, Jake. Um, cool. So that is the end of the projections looking ahead to next week. So we're going to move on to the the most exciting bit of every podcast, which is uh, where I ask my guests some questions. We've got some good stuff lined up this week, and I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. Um, so, Franco, resident Raiders fan, which we've already said, uh, give me your thoughts on the Raiders season so far. Okay, so being a Raiders fan for as long as I've had, I've learned to not expect a lot, to be perfectly honest. My my time covering them, I've seen two playoff appearances, both falling in the wildcard round. So um, it, it was difficult to not get too excited this year. Um, obviously, the new coaching staff, Josh McDaniels is a proven commodity. He's done so well with the Patriots for so long. Um, he's long overdue his second shot. Um, he's obviously got that with the Raiders. Um, they go all in and get Devontae Adams, which is incredible and it's super exciting. And yet here we are um, with a pretty slow, poor start to the season. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they're, they're not stinking the place out. They're not. You can't look anywhere across the team. The defense is stronger this year. Derek's playing okay. He's playing to his standard. Josh Jacobs is playing nice. Um, they're getting some good stuff out of the receivers. No one's doing anything wrong. They're just not winning games. Uh, it comes with a change in leadership. Um, unfortunately, it's another restart for uh, for Derek Carr. He's gone through his fair share of um, head coaches. So. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm not devastated. I didn't expect much more, but uh, at the same time, when you bring in the best receiver in the game to your team, uh, alongside his, his former best mate and Derek Carr, you you expect fireworks, and it hasn't quite happened yet. 
Yeah, I saw, I saw some odd headline today about how he's being investigated by the NFL at the moment as well because of some sort of pending court case. I haven't looked at the detail of it, but um, that's that's probably uh, a concern for you, for you as a Raiders fan. Like if if Devontae's kind of wrapped up in some sort of like Antonio Brown like situation. Yeah, it, it, this isn't related to the, the the photographer that was pushed over on Monday night. Is it? There was there was a bit of an altercation at the end of the game where Devontae's got gone to leave the stadium. Um, and a, a poor photographer, well, not a poor photographer, he's he's marched across the front of Devante and Devante's given him a bit of a shove, nothing malicious. Uh, nothing. And um, yeah, it's obviously absolutely spiraled from there. This photographer's been taken to hospital and now he's pursuing legal claims as they do in the States. Um, and it's kind of a, an, a, a silly little push is now getting completely out of hand. Um, and Devante right. Adams ended up tinted by the NFL. It's, it's something of nothing, unfortunately. There we go. I missed that. Missed that entirely. I watched the 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 game back, and I kind of couldn't believe that the Raiders. You know, I sort of knew the result, and then watched the game, thinking, you know, it's obviously going to be a close one for the Raiders to be winning like they were, and to then sort of, you know, for it to fall apart largely because of penalties um, was a real shame for them. Because I thought in the first half they were absolutely excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's fallen apart right at the end when they need to hold it together through penalties and beating themselves yeah. almost. It happened with the Cardinals as well. And they just let Kyler Murray back in where he had absolutely no right to be. Um, yeah. it, it's heartbreaking. I hate the Chiefs. Obviously, it sucks losing to them. We're playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So many years. We know what he does. We understand that. We know better than anybody else in the league. And yet, we're still struggling to stop him. Um, if they want to take over the AFC West at some point, they've got to stop that time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some chaos going on in here. I think the cat has just brought in another mouse. It is literally one every day or every other day at the moment. I think Bex is basically chasing the cat around with a mouse in the background. And I am not going to help. Uh, so I will pay for that later. Um, but it's uh, it's absolutely mental. This cat is an absolute predator. It's crazy. Kind of thing, this she is a killer. <laughs> um Right, mate, as a two-time champion of the League of Legends, which we referenced at the top of the programme, uh, did either of those titles mean uh, more to you or are they both like your children? You love them both equally. I had a long think on this earlier because I really couldn't separate them. They're, they're two very different wins. Obviously, the first one was the first ever League of Legends win. Um, it was incredible because my name was the first one on the plaque. Um, but I'm going to whisper this really quietly now. I don't think any of us knew what we were doing. So, so beating a, a rogue bunch of rookies who didn't really know how to play it is um, it's great. Obviously, it's a smaller league. But if I had to choose one, it would be the second one. It was it was a deeper league. I had to beat some pretty fantastic players such as Stealth uh, and, and several others. But the best bit about that win was obviously going to bed and Dawson's up several points and he's going back to back. And you know Dawson's going to let everyone know about it. And I'm, the game was there for the winning and I've gone to bed and I'm pretty sure he had Aaron Rodgers um, and I had Aaron Jones. And yeah, Aaron Jones has just gone off for like 35 points to pit Dawson right at the very last second. And the message I got back from Dawson that morning was just, he was heartbroken and I was fucking over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and for that reason, that one means more to me. Uh, that's outstanding. I, I don't think I remembered that story. That is absolutely brilliant. Love yeah. it. It was Christmas Eve morning. Christmas came early for me. I was hyped. I had Sarah <laughs> recording videos. I was prancing around the room. Uh, I was so happy. I had this weird video editor. I just loved making loads of videos on it. Uh, yeah, just really stuck it to Dawson because he, he deserves to win. And uh, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was Incredible. Cool. 
Um, right, moving on, mate. Uh, who is your fantasy MVP of the season so far? So both in the league and secondly in your team. Uh, yeah, so I had a look at the league um, and I've broken it down to three players, actually, I picked out. One really surprised me and I really like, enjoyed picking them out from a defensive point of view. But Max Crosby has put up some serious numbers from the defensive position. Um, I know he was slightly slanted, but just to put it into perspective, he scored more points than Cooper Cup at the moment. Which yeah, is he's crazy. been amazing, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, man. I wish he'd taken him. I wish I'd taken him as my fifth defensive player. But uh, hey, there we go. We live and learn. And uh, <laughs> still so. Um, so yeah, I'm going to put Max at three. Two, our boy, because I know you've got him, Nick Chubb, turning out some fantastic numbers, so reliable. It just seems like every week it's 100 yards, another touchdown. Um, it's just everything you want from him, especially if he's become quite a nice spot this year and you could get some good value on him there. Um, yeah, which is incredible. But yeah, my number one MVP so far in the league this year is Josh Allen. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I just looked at that. He's not scored under 30 points yet this season. No, nah, he's been immense, hasn't he? Absolutely mad. He's, he's tearing up. He's clearly out to win this season. They know what they've got to do. The Bills are in a real nice place. And um, yeah, Josh Allen's setting the league on fire in a fair place. So, so what about what about your roster, mate? My roster, uh, it'd have to be Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I picked him up as not an unknown commodity, but maybe not someone I would have gone for in the past. Um, but he offers that dual threat, that, that running and passing, and he's clearly taken a massive step up this season. Um, I've got him in multiple leagues. And again, he, he's not putting up quite Josh Allen numbers, but he's not far off. Um, so he's a real nice addition to my team. And I'm, I'm chuffed to have him there personally. Yeah, I mean, his floor is so high. You're not getting a you know, rogue nine-point game out of him or like some sort of four-point Matty Stafford performance, are you? You know, like pretty much the floor's 20 points, right? And if you can start from that, it's awesome. Yeah, you build your team every week off the, off the basis you're getting 20 points there and you're going to get a respectable score. So, um, yeah, it's good to have him on board. Amazing. Right, final question. And uh, and this is the one that I've been looking forward to since we concocted it early today. So I, I think that in this league, you are probably the the premier trash talker, the guy who's like flipping the bird across Spurs Stadium, getting in people's faces. Well, until you have your slump later on that night, of course. Um, so, of course, if I've got the league's premier trash talker on, we've got to do the trash talking power ranking. So... Can you take us through your power rankings, starting from the bottom to the absolute pinnacle of trash talking in this league? I would absolutely love to. Yeah, so I'll take it from eight through to one, a little summary to go alongside each one. No hard feelings, obviously. If you don't like it, then bring it on, bring it to my face and let's trash it out. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, coming in at number eight, Valen. You're far too nice, mate. Uh, you spend far too much time meticulously preparing your team only for the inevitable heartbreaking loss. So you've got no time to entertain trash talking. Once I think you get your long overdue win on the circuit, I expect to see a change in that balance. So uh, I look forward to some future trash talking. Next up at number seven, Steve White. Steve, there is potential here. However, I'm not seeing enough. Steve, you've got a sound fantasy pedigree. You're always at the top of the table. You've got several playoff appearances, and yet you just don't back it up. You need to deliver more trash talking, Steve. Let's see it. Number six is Jake. Now, Jake is sneaky trashy. Jake excels in virtual trash talking. He won't get up in your face. He won't say anything nasty. But a sly little put down on WhatsApp won't go unnoticed, certainly not by me. I've seen Jake's trash talking, maybe through a GIF or anything else like that on WhatsApp. He'll deliver it. So, um, yeah, he, he's what I like to call millennial 
trash talker. He's not going to pick up the phone <laughs> and speak to you, but he's going to drop it to you on WhatsApp. So, yeah, check it out. I had some gifts from him this morning. Yeah, that's that that's bang on. Jake can go a lot higher. He's got the potential there, and he goes by in a different way, which is nice to see. So coming in at number five, I've got Kyle. Kyle certainly has ability in the trash arena, and he might be surprised to be a little bit low. He's definitely an OG on the trash circuits. However, he's slipped a couple of ranks over the past couple of years. When he's he's been playing well, but he's just not backing up with the trash talk. So for that reason, he's middle of the pack at number five, which is also his average sort of position, because we all know Kyle's either fucking winning it or he's lost it all. So um, middle of the pack on the trash talking seems bad. Number four, getting to the business end, boys. Ed. The complete opposite to Ed. I think we all know that Ed is trash talking. It's just I personally don't get the reference a lot of the time, and I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Uh, it's too niche or he's too inebriated to understand what trash is being thrown about, but he is trying. There is intent there. Um, He's got a high trash ceiling, and I feel that this season he's bringing it back a little bit. Um, he needs to be winning, as with a lot of trash talkers. Obviously, if, if you're winning and things are going well, then you're going to throw a bit more about. Um, but there's potential there. Actually. Definitely. Bring bring back the bang, bang, chicken and shrimp days. Let's get it on. <laughs> and then number three, it's you, Kamish. The silent assassin, as I like to call you. Um, perhaps this is more based on my own experience of trying to trash talk you over the past couple of weeks, and I just realised that you didn't even need to speak to me. I just got this look or this one liner that just completely destroyed me. And <laughs> it's not a traditional form of trash talking, but I, I, I didn't know what to say back. It was just, uh, it was just this, this kind of feeling inside. I was like, damn. Um, so yeah, I feel like your biggest skill lies in your counter. You'll, you'll bring people on, bring on the trash talking, and you just finish, finish them off with a one liner or a look. Um, so yeah, any potential trash talkers coming for spite, be warned. Uh, a veteran across numerous leagues honed his skills and relies on quality rather than quantity. Coming in at number two, and this might be a bit surprising, but I put myself at number two. Um, I like to think I'm the face-to-face trash talk. I'm not going to deliver over WhatsApp, but if you're face-to-face with me and we've got a matchup, then let's get it on. I'll bring it. I'm not scared to tell you how it is and how your team's going to fail at my expense. And I've been doing it for a number of years across multiple leagues. Maybe a bit like Kyle, maybe the last few years got a bit quiet, not doing as much as I used to. But given the opportunity, as we saw it at um, Tottenham Stadium at that weekend, as we'll see in a couple of weeks when we face up, Kyle, at Bum's wedding, I will bring it. Okay? So that's it. So that's number one. Maybe a bit surprisingly, Ballins. Um, two exper- experienced players teaming up to play out a season together has given these wily old foxes a trash mandate, and they are exploiting it. The confidence they've got in one another and the Julian Evans teams has been apparent and they put the rest of the league on notice. Previous appearances on the pod have been terrifying. Um, they're not <laughs> holding back. They, they think they can win and they're actually doing it at the moment. And for that reason, they really are top of the trash pile. Um, the one chink in the Julia and Evans armour is that 50% of their partnership can be got at quite easily. Very susceptible to face-to-face trash talking and can become very quickly and easily phased. <laughs> <laughs> so whilst you might say the moment, uh, yeah we're coming for you mate I love that absolutely love that breakdown I mean uh, you know I, as I was listening a few notes were popping into my head uh, Valen um, it must be really bad for you to be below a man who doesn't exist in your trash talking uh, I've got, I got to agree with it though I mean you are too nice and uh, 
and, and as a result, nobody gets in your face either. So, you know, uh, I think I think we need to up that game. Uh, delighted to be number three myself. I, I think um, I don't tend to get in people's faces too much. Uh, partly that's my personality, but partly I just don't want to lose, right? I never want to be that guy that overcommits on, on, on giving people shit and then has to completely back off it. So I'm probably a little bit hesitant. I do absolutely love a trash video, as do you. Right, I think uh, between the two of us, we've sent like ninety percent of the league's like banter videos over the last uh, over the last few seasons. Rawlins chucks in the occasional one as well, but always love the production and value on on your shit as well. Um, and then I think the other thing to say is like me, Rawlins, and Baker at the top of the trash pile. Uh, that's what you'd expect from, from experienced veterans, you know guys who've been around the block who, who've taken their knocks but know how to give out some shit so i think it's good that you've acknowledged the veterans there you know really uh really bringing it home for uh for the old fellas yeah the, the art of delivery has not gone unnoticed um it's impressive obviously the, these rankings are very flexible i hope i can come back on the pod later this year towards the end where maybe a few people are flying in the playoffs and we can have another look and maybe who knows well um you could shift off the bottom of the pile but we will see I like that. You know, all power rankings are movable. So when you come back for your second or third visit onto the pod, then uh, let's see let's see how people have moved if they've really upped their game. And let's face it, um, nobody cares about the end of season rankings, uh, but the the trash talking power rankings is what everyone's really looking forward to. You know. Yeah, and let, let's trash talk. It's like like you just said, it's it's so easy to trash talk once you've locked in the playoff place and you've got a few games of it to go before the playoffs let's do it now Let, let's put our heads on the line I'm, I'm the same as you like i don't normally dish it out until i know I, i've locked some in so uh, um fair play to anybody who wants to trash talk it and thrash it out right now where there's a lot to play for on the line but uh, yeah let's I do mean, it boys bum's wedding has got to be a great opportunity for some trash talk because i think i think we're all going to be there right absolutely uh, i'm already envisaging taking the uh, mic off of joe as he's delivering the best man speech just to stick it uh, probably kyle because i think i'm playing him that week but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting it maybe i've got the whole league on blast who knows i will believe that steve is a real person if i see him at the wedding if steve's not there he doesn't exist but uh, that's it I'm, i won't have it any other way yeah i, I can get on board with that i think there's numerous <laughs> opportunities that haven't come about so uh steve show up boy Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, hanging out with you this week. Uh, for those who don't know, we had a couple of technical hitches throughout, so hopefully that hasn't come across in, in the recording quality. Uh, we've been resilient. Uh, we've powered through. It's been a great conversation. I've loved it, mate. Any final say, thoughts mate. from you? No, just to say thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it as well. It was really nice to be able to get stuck into the detail and actually yeah, uh, go through it with you and, and, and have a look at those trash rankings and, and the matchups. So, yeah, it's been great. Can't wait to do it again. Mate, awesome. Uh, right, that'll do us for another week of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. Like and subscribe, five stars on Audible. Uh, that's the major platform for podcasts, right? Um, and we will see you all again next week.